Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. We're going to get back into Deshaun Watson just in a second, but guys, Russian prosecutors, which is a joke in itself, Russia has no independent judiciary. Russian prosecutors have asked a court outside Moscow to sentence Brittany Griner to nine and a half years in prison on cannabis possession charges. The prosecutor's request was made during closing arguments Thursday in Brittany Griner's trial, nearly six months after an American citizen was arrested at a Moscow airport in a case that has reached the highest levels of U.S.-Russia diplomacy. Griner's uh, lawyer said a verdict in the case is expected later Thursday. If the court does deem it necessary to punish her, then Griner should receive the most lenient punishment. Is that according to Griner's attorney? Look, of course. Here's the problem, guys. And this was the problem when our guys were in China and Daryl Morey made the comment he made and everyone got mad at him. And I, hold on, time out. You can't say people are supposed to be free if you're Daryl Morey. Well, no, not the timing is bad because our guys are in China. Wait a minute. If by saying freedom is good, you're endangering American citizens who are in a foreign country, they should not be in that foreign country. I'm not kidding. All these, oh, are you going to go to Russia? Are you going to go to China? How about this? Let's try this. Let's not send our athletes anywhere where the head of state is the law. That's the. the, the yeah, but the, Max, the problem is for a lot of women's players. They make they earn the most money in Russia overseas. Sue Bird, Brianna Stewart, the best players in the world for the past thirty years have gone over to Russia and quadrupled their money that they make here in five months playing. Shame on us, then. Shame on right. us that that, that that's why, that's that our female picture. athletes that's the are picture. so underpaid that. And by the way. I understand people say, well, they don't sell the same. You know, it's not an equal pay issue because there's much more interest in men's basketball than women's basketball. That's true. It generates much more money. But don't tell me there's not enough interest in women's basketball that we can't pay women, uh, 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 you know, to the point where they don't need to put themselves in a position where they go to a country. Again, what's the well, what's the difference between Russia and England or the United States? The difference is countries that have independent judiciaries, right? where the head of state is not the law himself. Anything Vladimir Putin says is law. That's not Joe Biden, right? That was the problem with some previous regime, where there is a difference between the head of state and the law. Not in Russia, there's not. Vladimir Putin is the law, and he's a war criminal. And so if they want to keep an American star to barter them for actual Russian criminals that we are holding, then they can if we send our women over there. For haddish oil. Or if our with women mar- choose to go over there. In it. Like, You're like, oh, that broke the law. I'm like, nine years? Nine and a half years. It's an maximum outrage. is what, ten? It's an outrage. It's a scary situation, though, man. When you, when you think about Brittany Griner and all she's been to uh, up to this point. All the Americans who are still like, even over there in yeah. Russia who are still playing. Don't go to places where the head of state is the law. Do not go to Russia. 
Period, if you're an American, particularly if you're an American who the Russian government feels has some kind of political clout or can bar, you know, has some kind of value to them if they keep them. There, there have been documents of players who have been playing in, were playing in Ukraine, like playing professional basketball and sports, Americans in Ukraine while they were in war. Like there have been so many things going on in sports that we haven't been talking about to the degree that we should. Yeah, there's Frankly, giant financial incentive. It's been scary. Yeah. It's scary for a lot of people out there. Um, by the way, the Live Tour, Saudi Arabia, horrible human rights violations. And talk about the head of state being the law. It's literally a kingdom. Think about that. You're going to go to a place where, they, like, like in England, you have the the head of state's not the not the queen or the king, right? You know, that's that's a that's a ceremonial thing. But if there's a difference between the supposed king or queen and the head of state they don't run the country in saudi arabia the head of state is literally royalty like this is 200 years ago it is, so you're going to do okay they have enough money people all have a sellout point including me mine's probably not as high as a lot of people in the live tour right but but that was say when lebron james came out and started criticizing daryl morey i was like hold on that's selling out lebron I'm not. Now he may have a billion dollars worth of business in China. I understand he has a lot of incentive, but that's what it's called. It's called selling out. Yeah, it's called selling out. It's what LeBron did at the time because he had enormous financial incentive to say, "Hey, Daryl Morey, knock it off." Right? I get it, but that's what it is. Yeah. And and listen, and the money from you know, not to mention there was a a journalist, a Saudi dissident, Kashkoshki, who I'm just. I don't want to say even what I did to his name because that's what they did to him in the Turkish consulate. They murdered him. And who's living in America writing for the Washington Post? Yeah. And now these golfers are taking that dirty money. Oh, but I, I, I kind of just laugh at the hypocrisy of it all because the same people that are tweeting at LeBron are tweeting from their iPhones. I'm like, where's Apple product made? I'm a lot of Chinese manufacturers. Like, it, no, it, but but there there I, are. I, I understand to say we're point. never going to use Chinese goods is ridiculous because they produce things very cheaply and there is a marketplace that's different than than being on the consumer I, I end of a, of an of a of an inexpensive product. But it's not inexpensive. It's when I say inexpensive, I mean relative to what it would cost if it was made in America. The reason it's made there is not because of superior technology or distribution chains. It's because they don't pay their workers anything, so we get it cheap. That's why we buy Chinese goods, right? I mean, that's that's what it is. Uh, look, I'm not going into politics. You can really make a case. A lot of it isn't around paying workers cheap, though. But we can talk about that another time. All right, let's. You want to get back to Deshaun Watson? Yes, please. Why did the NFL – anyway, last thing. Release Brittany Griner. This should be a national outrage. Agreed. Why did the NFLPA – and let's play, pay our women athletes while we're at it. Why did the NFLPA agree to letting Goodell swoop in at the end of a ruling and change the ruling? That's the big question. Um, it seems to me that – Harry, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Were you ever a player rep, Harry? Oh, no, I wasn't. Okay. It seems to me correct, but you had 10 years' experience in the NFL. Yep. That when you're negotiating the CBA, you're negotiating against a monopoly. What are you supposed to do? In the end, what, is there going to be a work stoppage every negotiation? <laughs> Here, here's my thing. And when the CBA uh, was, was coming up, the CBA was coming up this past time, 
there was a few things, and me and Jay was talking about this before we even started the show. There was a few things in there health-wise mm-hmm. that I didn't want – I was hoping that the players didn't sign because, you know, after we're done playing football and you retire, right, you get five years and you're covered by the NFL uh, still. It's uh, almost the same way that you were covered when you were playing. And I think that's just ridiculous, especially for somebody if you play in 10 to 12, 13, 15 years. Uh, that five years is going to go by fast. Is it? I think my five years is up in – August 2023, I mean, luckily I'm full-time with ESPN now, but then after that point, um, you have money set aside, but you have to prove it so muchly and, 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 and intensely and have all the documents to try to get reimbursed for, for what you pay insurance-wise um, when it comes to health care. I mean, excuse me, when it comes to the health care. So I think that's ridiculous. But also when you, you look about, think about negotiations with the CBA, right? You think about what you can deal with and what you can't deal with when it comes to health care. That's something that I, I just wasn't really willing to compromise because we see all the players nowadays, former players, and what they go through. And so in other words, it depends on how much of an emphasis you put up. But there's going to be give and take. You're not going to get everything you want exactly. in a negotiation. I just don't think health care was a give and take. Mm. So from people who have negotiated CBA, CBAs before, we've had one on the show, Charles Grantham, who was my mentor, who actually was a player union for – ran the players union for the NBA for a while. We had a conversation about this. He's like, when you're negotiating and you're talking about different healthcare policies, yep. you're talking about where they are with the salary cap, the players in the NFL actually got a lot of what they wanted, right? And it, it's what is for the greater good of all as opposed to a few. And the personal conduct policy, unfortunately, affects a few, not all. So it, it wasn't something that they were going to use to hold up the negotiations when it was for the greater good. And, and and that's the problem. I mean, it's been proposed to the league before. Yeah, a union's not a monolith. Exactly. You have a lot of different people represented. And the league you. has shut it down multiple times. So, But that I mean, kind of bothers me too, though, Jay, because when it comes back, like this was one of the main issues that uh, I, I would say players in the NFLPA had with Roger Goodell in the past of him being the guy that, make, that made these decisions. All right. You guys so, want to talk to a, a practicing attorney about this? Yes. Yep. Who also happens to be an ESPN radio host. Yep. Amber Wilson, thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, guys. Good morning. It would have been awkward if they had said no. Yeah, right. <laughs> ah, well, sorry. Uh, hey, Amber, by the way, you've been doing a great job hosting the show. Thank you for everything you're doing. Seriously. Oh, thank you so much. I, uh, I have big shoes to fill when I fill in for you guys. So I appreciate it. She's mainly talking about me, Jay. What's your reaction, uh, Amber, to how the NFL has appealed, handled the appealing the, you know, appealing the Watson suspension? You know, it's probably not surprising ultimately because the suspension was so much less than we know that the NFL was seeking. And so from that perspective, they exercised their right under the CBA. I thought it was interesting that the NFLPA and Watson's camp had kind of publicly tried to strong arm the NFL into accepting the independent arbitrator's decision. I thought that was an indication that whatever the decision was going to be was going to be more favorable to the PA and to Watson's camp. And it was, I mean, a six game suspension. I know Watson's camp is saying they're unhappy with it, but secretly they must be pretty happy with it. It's so significantly less than the NFL was seeking. And so now the NFL has exercised its right and it is appealing the process. And the PA now has a couple days here to respond. Amber, I'm a little bit confused, though, and I understand this all has to be negotiated in the collective bargaining agreement. But essentially, what's the difference between the process now as opposed to the process before if the independent arbiter is going to be undermined 
at the push of a button from the commissioner? Well, it's all written out in the CBA, right, where this is what both the NFL and the NFLPA agreed to, where there would be this appeals process. And we've seen an appeals process available under the old CBA in the past. It's just under the old CBA, it was Roger Goodell, and then it was Roger Goodell, right, making these decisions. It was the NFL making the decision, and then the NFL handling the appeal and making the decision. Now, at least, you have this independent arbitrator who's brought in for the initial step of the disciplinary action, which, of course, is to oversee the hearing and issue an initial ruling, and then it's up to the NFL whether they want to appeal that. I also wonder if Roger Goodell himself is actually going to end up handling this appeal. I believe we're still waiting on word of that. From an optics perspective, it would certainly be helpful if instead he brought in another independent party to handle it. It also would be less likely then that the NFLPA and Watson's camp would be successful if they run to federal court, because that's probably what's coming next. So we don't really know, Jay, to your point, what's happening here with this appeal, because we haven't seen it under the new CBA happen like this before, where Sue L. Robinson is the one issuing a decision, and then the NFL is appealing her decision. We don't know how far they're going to take that. We don't know how far off from her decision they're going to try to be with this appeals process. We know apparently they still want a year suspension or an indefinite suspension. I don't know if that's what the ultimate decision is here. And then we do expect that if it is an a significant increase in terms of suspension or in terms of fine, then we would expect that Watson's camp and the NFLPA would pursue this in federal court. Amber, how long do you expect this process to actually take? Well, the actual appeals process. Now, the NFL appealed. The NFLPA has two days to respond to that appeal in Watson's camp. And then the appeal itself, really, I mean, at least by my assessment, I think you're only talking a couple weeks. I do think that you could get through the appeals process before the season begins because don't forget, Harry, that the appeal is limited to arguments just based on the evidentiary record on the amount of discipline, if any, that should be modified. That's language directly from the CBA. So they can only look at what was in front of Sue L. Robinson when she made her decision and a modification of discipline. They can't bring in outside testimony. They're not going to be bringing in new witnesses. And so it shouldn't be a, a particularly lengthy process from the appeals component of this. Again, new territory because we haven't seen this done off of, of Sue L. Robinson decision. But Theoretically speaking, it should be a couple of weeks. And then if we go to federal court, that's where things get complicated in terms of a timeline. Because now we're talking filing a federal court action. Now we're talking about the NFLPA and Watson seeking an injunction. Now we're talking we could be in a situation like with Tom Brady, where if he is successful in getting an injunction, maybe he's playing this season, which would maybe put him in a position to actually be serving a suspension next season. Except for if you're Watson, do you even want that? Because next season you're making, what, $46 million? This season you're only making $1 million bucks. There are things like that that I would imagine factor into this decision. There's also not to take lightly the allegations and the seriousness of the Deshaun Watson matter, but there is a football component to this as well. And if you get an a, 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 if you get you know an injunction here where you're allowed to play in the beginning of the season, and then you end up serving a suspension at the end of the season, if you look at the Browns' schedule, guys, we know that might not be in the best interest of the Cleveland Browns or Deshaun Watson from a purely football perspective. So there's a lot that goes into this when we're talking about running to federal court. But the NFLPA and Watson's camp have indicated that that's where we'd be going next, and theoretically, that process we're talking months, maybe even years. Amber, what do you think the probability of Roger Goodell or the NFL kind of recirculating how the Browns have been able to circumvent 
salary-wise, these fees that or suspension fees that were going to be imposed, considering that million-dollar salary, do you think there's any chances that they prorate the $230 million salary and if that is a year-long suspension, actually make him pay that fine for each game? Prorate it on that 230? Well, the fine would be on top of the game checks that are lost, right? I mean, that's typically when we're talking about a fine on top of it. One of my confusions, Jay, when I'm looking at the CBA, is there's a lot left to interpretation based on the language. So quite literally in the CBA, it says that this appeals process pertains just to the discipline that should be modified. And I frankly don't know then if they're going to institute a fine outside of the discipline, because is that a modification? The lawyer and me can argue this either way, where she issued only a suspension, right? So if we're talking modification, if I'm on the PA side of things, I'm arguing you can only modify the discipline, which means you can only modify then the suspension because she didn't actually issue a fine. So that's not a modification. I'm guessing the NFL will see that differently. I'm guessing that you're right, that they are taking into consideration the fact that this doesn't hit him in the pocketbook because of the way that contract was structured. I'm sure that's a frustration for the NFL because from a power perspective, the NFL probably doesn't want players to be able to blatantly circumvent fines when they know that it's likely a fine will be instituted when there's an active investigation against the player. That's what's happened here. Watson's not the first player in NFL history to have done it, but this is maybe the most egregious example because of the numbers we're talking about and the guaranteed money that we're talking about and the way that this thing is structured. So according to Sue L. Robinson, we're talking to Amber Wilson, ESPN radio host and practicing attorney. According to Sue L. Robinson, the NFL proved their case, um, but she relied heavily on precedent and came up with her suspension. Number one, I thought the, and, and Adam Schefter just explained that in the, you know, she, she did point out that um, the NFL, if they wanted to institute some kind of new kind of policy or, or a kind of uh, um, emphasis on, on punishment for certain behavior, that they needed to do so in writing you know, ahead of time, which they failed to do. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking like, one hand, you, you institute a new system to get away from precedent, I imagine, and she relied heavily upon it. And um, on the other hand, I don't know that this seems to me to be unprecedented, Amber, because there were so many different women so that the damage to the reputation of the league, even if what is being alleged is not as serious as, for example, what was alleged against Ben Roethlisberger. But still, when 24 women allege largely the same thing, I I would assume it damages the league's reputation worse because people can't turn their brains off. They realize the odds that they're all making it up or some vast conspiracy are pretty low. So I'm as as someone who as a practicing attorney, why do you think she relied so heavily upon uh, precedent? Well, a couple of things here, Max. Now, remember, there were obviously we know of at one point, 25 women with these Five, accusations yeah. against Deshaun Watson, maybe up to 30 who, who could have made accusations against him based on the Texan settlement. However, Sue Robinson didn't hear from those women. Sue Robinson heard from four. There were four cases that were presented to her. There were four women that testified in the disciplinary action. So keep that in mind. She wasn't assessing all 25. She was assessing the four that were presented to her. Now, a lot of people have 
questions about why the NFL chose to only present four women. Uh, it could be just you're talking about the uh, trying to get all the testimony in if you're bringing all 25. I mean, you're talking weeks and weeks in an evidentiary hearing and and maybe under this uh, system here for the NFL, that would have been uh, just completely impossible, frankly. So there could have been that component of it. Maybe it was that these were the four strongest cases. They felt like that was the best way to streamline it. It's also possible because the numbers work out to me. I haven't heard anybody say it other than me, frankly. But I mean, the numbers work out. 20 of them settled right before the disciplinary action. It would make sense to me as a part of those settlements. They signed NDAs. Those women wouldn't have been able to testify uh, at the disciplinary hearing. And so there were four remaining who had pending civil actions against him. It makes sense that maybe those were the four that testified. We don't have the answer to that. What we do know is that Sue Robinson, like you said, heavily relied on precedent. And frankly, that's what judges do. I I was surprised that people thought that Sue L. Robinson was brought in to be some sort of trailblazer. She wanted to make sure when issuing her opinion that it was very well founded and well thought of. And she did that by relying on the way that NFL has punished these sorts of things in the past. Because Sue L. Robinson's a former federal judge. She knows that this thing very likely will end up in federal court. She knew that the NFL might appeal it. And then she knew if the NFL appeals it, that the NFL PA and Watson will probably run to federal court. And it would be hugely embarrassing for her to get essentially overruled by her former colleagues at federal court, which is where this would end up. And so instead, Sue L. Robinson took the approach that lawyer that judges do. Judges always base their decision on president, on controlling president. And so she said, hey, yes, you've met your burden of proof. The NFL has, but you've never disciplined this sort of thing in this way before. And you can't just suddenly do it without notice to the players. If you want to institute a policy, she even recognized maybe Maybe it should be more of a punishment, but you haven't handled it this way in the past and you can't handle it after the fact. You've got to let them know that suddenly now you're cracking down on these things to a heftier degree before the incident occurs. Thank you, Amber Wilson. Excellent. As always, appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We've uh, been talking about the uh, breaking news about Russian prosecutors asking for a nine-and-a-half-year prison sentence for Brittany Griner over possession of cannabis. So, uh, you know, we can react to that, but we're, we're also going to keep you updated on that news throughout the show, obviously, and, and, and more. G-Sean, J-Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest 
with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Russian prosecutors have asked a court outside Moscow to sentence Brittany Griner to nine and a half years in prison on cannabis possession charges. The prosecutor's request was made during closing arguments Thursday in Brittany Griner's trial. You can't go to Russia. Vladimir Putin is, is the law in Russia. You can't go to Russia. You can't go to Russia. Because something like this could happen. T.J. Quinn, ESPN investigative reporter and senior writer. TJ has been reporting on the Brittany Griner case. He's, she's now being held by war criminal Vladimir Putin. You can find a ton of information on his Twitter, at TJ Quinn ESPN. TJ, welcome to the show. Good morning. What can you tell us about Russian prosecutors asking for almost 10 years in prison on these trumped-up charges for Brittany Griner? It's about what was expected. And when I talk to people around her, they say she was prepared for the maximum sentence. Um, but, but at the end of the day, it's... The sentence is a formality, whether it's a year, they hit her with 10 years. It really is theater. Her length of detainment is going to be determined by how long it takes the U.S. and Russia to strike a deal to get her home. So it's convincing theater, and it's pretty scary um, if you're the one sitting there in a Russian court hearing nine and a half, ten years. Um, and it's not great for her family. But in some ways, it's, it's, it's almost good news. You know, not the sentence itself, but that the trial is, is coming to an end today. That means they can move forward with negotiations because Russia has said all along that it, it was uh, they've actually said they legally can't proceed with any kind of discussion until the court is finished. The U.S. kind of rolls its eyes and says, come on, we yeah, all know this Russian is a joke. Court, we all know it's theater. Russian yeah, court. I mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> Everybody, if you're a regular Russian citizen accused of anything, uh, and it's regardless if, there, if there's any political element to it, you have a less than 1% chance of being acquitted. The system is built to convict. Now you've got an American who's essentially a chit in a, in a political trade. Um, they knew it was, it was going to be guilty. That's why she pleaded guilty. Um, yeah, so, so everything now becomes about a diplomatic solution. TJ, excuse my ignorance, but what you say a chip in a bargaining trade, like what's on the other end of the bargaining trade that you think gets Brittany Griner back home? The deal, well, Russia has, has a long history of detaining foreign citizens and then trading them for Russians in detention elsewhere. We have a lot of Russians in custody in the United States. There's one they've been looking for from the beginning, and we know this because Russia's official state news agency, TASS, reported this uh, back in May. They want a guy named Victor Boot. He's serving a 25-year sentence in the U.S. He's a a famous international uh, arms dealer. Uh, The U.S. made an offer in early June saying we would be willing to trade boot for Griner and another American, Paul Whelan, who's been in Russia since December 2018. He's, he, like Brittany Griner, he's considered wrongfully detained. Um, he was convicted of espionage. The U.S. has called his trial ridiculous. Um, so that's the deal that's on the table. Uh, the question is, how soon can they do it? Um, Russia, it, it was the, just the fact that the U.S. admitted they had made a deal for a prisoner swap was completely unprecedented. It's clear they're trying to fast track this. 
Um, and for people who think that this is dragged out for a long time, yeah, it's a really long time if you're Brittany Griner sitting in a Russian jail. Uh, but Paul Whelan didn't even go to trial for 18 months, and he's been there since December 2018. Um, for all purposes, it's clear the U.S. wants to do this quickly, and Russia hasn't really done anything that would suggest they're looking to drag it out themselves. They've just said, let's get through the trial, and then we can talk. Is there any kind of appeal process after the verdict comes down? Actually, both sides can appeal. That's something uh, Americans wouldn't be accustomed to. If the judge were to give a, a lower sentence, which nobody expects her to do, um, the prosecution could actually appeal it. Um, so there would be appeal. But again, it's a formality. I mean, what's going on in, inside the courtroom is really theater. We knew she was going to be guilty. Um, and by we, I mean actual experts, um, not, not just the one reporter talking to them. Um, they knew she was going to be guilty. They also knew that she would have to admit guilt in order to facilitate a deal home. Russia would not let her come home without an admission of guilt. So, you know, a- anything that happens inside the courtroom really was a foregone conclusion. The heavy sentence is, is frankly designed to get people stirred up in the U.S. It's to create pressure over here to, you know, to people are wanting the White House to get a deal done. Russia wants to see pressure on the White House for the same thing. And it also is kind of flexing for a domestic audience. Hey, look, you know, look what we were able to do with some American who came over here. Um, Russia has very, very harsh drug laws. Yeah, right. An American basketball star who may or may not have weed on her is going to be bartered for a dangerous arms dealer. <laughs> One was convicted in a country with a strong, okay, not as strong as it used to be, independent judiciary, but strong independent judiciary by worldwide standards. And the other has no real legal system. It's what, you know, the head of state makes the law. And uh, I think it's safe to say it is not safe for Americans in Russia, particularly Americans of note. It's not safe to go to Russia. And that, by the way, that's been true for a while. And now it's official U.S. policy. I mean, Russia has been labeled a level four threat. Uh, there was a do not travel order from uh, from the State Department saying don't go over there. Um, yeah, it's a dangerous place. And Americans, you know, I mean, Max, you really you know, said it. I mean, it's a transactional system. Everybody, you're at the whim, the whim of one guy. And whether or not Vladimir Putin right now has got bigger things on his plate, you know, cares about what happens in, in Brittany Griner's case, it's his system. And people up and down it know you want to keep the boss happy, you you do whatever you can to embarrass the United States and the United States citizens. Incidentally, China is largely the same way. When our athletes were in China, our basketball players were in China, Daryl Morey basically tweeted out, freedom is a good thing. And we were worried. Now, nothing wound up happening, but we were had legitimate concerns about the safety of our athletes from the government in the country they were visiting because it's not free and the, the law is dictated by the head of state. Should we be sending our athletes to China? Because you can say something about the United States and your athletes could be here. No one's worried something's going to happen to them, not from the government. That is uh, TJ Quinn, ESPN investigative reporter and senior writer. TJ, excellent stuff. Thank you. Anytime, guys. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. More Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Who do you think is the most important wide receiver in the NFL today? Most important. Most important for their team. Most important. Because naturally, I go to I go to Tyree Kill. Just because I, I, I feels like it's a make or break year for Tua. The way he's been talking about. I Tua's definitely accurate. wouldn't say Tyree Kill for sure not. Well, for me. It, this is for me. Yeah. Thank you. No, but I'm saying so we have debate. We're not debating. It's not a debate show. <laughs> well, we do. But we're not, no, it doesn't but have to be a stop. debate show to disagree. Harry, your point? See, All we're right. disagreeing yeah, about that. Let the wide receiver Jeez. decide. Okay, Max and Jay, y'all stop. Uh, let the wide receivers yes, uh, go yes. ahead and do this thing. Uh, I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. Um, you look at a guy. Good answer, Harry. Cooper Cup, who was triple crown winner last year with the Los Angeles Rams in the National Football League. Over 1,900 yards, 16 touchdowns, uh, 140-plus catches. A guy like Cooper Cup, and you see how valuable he is against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When Tom Brady comes back, ties the game up. Uh, Matthew Stafford's going to find him. You see in the Super Bowl, they need that drive to come back and score a touchdown. It was a Cooper Cup-Matthew Stafford drive. He actually caught the winning touchdown, and then he won MVP of the Super Bowl as well. So I'm going to go with Cooper Cup in those regards. Yeah. I mean, shocking. Go with the Super Bowl MVP. Here's the one I think is like Tyreek Hill. I hear you, but they already have. They drafted a guy a lot like Tyreek Hill, so you don't even know if Tyreek Hill would necessarily be the most important guy you'd think. But do the Rams win the Super Bowl last year? If Cooper Cup is not, I said, yeah, I'm just asking. That's what I said. I said go with the Super Bowl MVP. Watch this. Would they even (laughs) beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if Cooper Cup is not there? No. But I'll give you another one more important than Tyreek Hill to his team, and we'll see it from the beginning of the season. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins to the to, to the Cardinals, I think, is more important than Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. We haven't De- seen Debo's, Tyreek Hill in the Dolphins. Samuel Debo, well. Debo Samuel, Debo? yeah. Although Debo, I just don't think of as just a he's he's a running back receiver hybrid guy. Is it the is it the most important? Debo? No, I was talking about DeAndre Hopkins. I, I would say I, probably I would probably have to agree with the wide receiver that Cooper Cup will probably be considering probably Allen Robinson, and you're not sure about OBJ. Oh, and plus. Marquis uh, Hollywood, right? He, he had that little issue. Yeah. I mean, the thing about uh, Chase is you got Higgins, right? Like you have other options on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else of the young guys on the come up? Jefferson? Yeah. Uh, they're not doing he, anything. He's really important. I mean, but. I think Minnesota has a shot to make the playoffs. One thing year. I know yes. it wasn't Jay's answer. 
You just wanted to debate for the sake of debating. That's right. You're damn right. They go into the weekend. This whole angry. show, oh my God, there's Brittany Griner's being kept, that Paige Becker's tears her ACL, oh, and I want to toss some, give some good things for a change. Vin Scully would have came to me first, y'all. Oh, Vin Scully passed it. What a week. See, look, he just chimed in right Why did you spring up Vin Scully's passing? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Need to know where we stand. Do we share this special thing called love? Mm, mm. So, that Lex Luthor conversation what about you, Max? got us yeah. thinking of not, not the greatest, no Pat Costello, not the greatest, not the best villain in movie history, the best antagonist. Bane. The best antagonist. Bane. Bane is up there, but I don't think it cracks the top three. What? Best antagonist the in Joker. movie history. Nope. Joe, nope. Nope. Darth Sorry. Vader? That's one of them. Darth. For Darth sure. Vader. Darth is, Vader, but yeah. The interesting thing about Star Wars is Darth Vader is the, is the antagonist of the first three movies. But as you pan out, you step back, he's actually the protagonist of the whole story. Yes. By the way, Marshawn Lynch is caught on, on the internet doing a voiceover for Darth Vader. And you got to check it out. Oh, I got to hear it. It is hysterical. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Luke, I'm your father. <laughs> so Darth Vader is one. Let me give you this another one. Okay. Hannibal Lecter. Hannibal Lecter. Ooh. Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, Hannibal Lecter. Okay, I got Ooh. one more for you. This flies under the radar for some reason. Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang. Club watch go Mr. T's performance in Rocky no. Three. So, you're gonna compare Thanos to Clubber Lang as Thanos a Thanos is a, way better. I'm not talking about who, had, who was a more powerful villain? Who, when he was on screen, could you not take your eyes off? Because Thanos, Thanos gave him a big chin? Thanos! No! You don't even know Th- who Thanos is. What you mean? Do you know who Thanos yes, is? Yes, he collected all the Infinity Stones. Oh, man! <laughs> <laughs> yes! I was not sure that you watch movies Max. like this. Yeah. Why would you waste those time with those silly sci-fi movies, Max? That, that's Clubber Lang. Have you ever seen Rocky Three? 
Three. Of course. It's the best Rocky. I don't care what anyone says. One of the, the best, best movies best ever made. One? Yep. And, and one of the best well, movies ever made. Well, it's not the best it's one. The best. <laughs> best Rocky. Easily. It's Take not it from the, the best guy one. from Philly. Everyone says Rocky won. Here's what confuses people about Rocky Three. This is why older people at the time didn't really understand what they were watching. Rocky One is a classic underdog movie, right? Rocky Three had crossed genres. Rocky Three was basically a cop buddy movie. They just weren't cops, right? But that's what it basically was. That was ushered in that genre. And if you look at the influence of Rocky Three on the 1980s, I want to say it came out in like 81, 82. Rocky Three launched the careers of Mr. T, who basically took over the 80s, and Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan wasn't the WWF champ before Rocky III. Once that movie came out, they were like, we got it. He broke the camel clutch in Madison Square Garden, beat the Iron Sheik because of that movie. Here's why you're wrong. Yeah. Rocky IV ended the Cold War. Pretty much. Ah. But Rocky IV was not as good as Rocky III, but it was good. Rocky IV had guys, better training guys. montages. And better training Rocky montage. IV, they didn't even better have a sparring tra- partner for him. They didn't need one. Wait, he was sparring he against him. Think about the entire story right now, where we are. Do you remember? Do you remember? Rock, see, in any movie, if you ever study film, the first 10 minutes sets up the whole story. Do you remember the beginning of Rocky tries. Three when Clubber Lang was on his way up? Hungry, the eye of the tiger, eyeing the champ, destroying eye everybody. Of the, tiger. the best first 10 minutes you'll ever see. So that, those are, there's shocker, the answers. Shocker, boxing would be. All right, what do you like? Who's your, why don't y'all going? put the Joker in there, though? I don't want to Which say Joker? Joker you. Ooh. You want to know how I got these scars? Joker one never scary. Joker, Joker never made me feel anything. What? And, uh, what? When my, homie, when my homie played, uh, he passed. Give me that water so I can pour it on That Joker? No, that Joker was not as good as Nicholson's Joker. It was better. No, it wasn't. And by the way, way I know better. he passed. I know he passed. It was, it was a very better. overrated performance. No, it's extremely not. overrated. Let me explain why. Just because you say something out loud does not make it No, but once I explain it, you'll see I'm right. No, it's that role is almost impossible to get wrong. You are Just because he licks his lips and acts crazy, did you really feel get it wrong, you, did you feel it? When you watch Joe Heath Pesci, played that role. when you watch it. Joe Pesci in Goodfellas, you feel like you better be on edge. It's scary. That, was that Joker really scary to you? Like I He's love playing an ro- insane clown. See, I get it. I get people it. People in studio right now nodding their heads saying yes, Max. I, well, I'm sorry for you if you feel that that was scary. You must have issues. I don't know. Why the, is that the scary? The Heath Ledger Max, Joker nice. like, was up for I know. awards. Heath, Heath Ledger like, you, did a perfectly fine job. This? It's an overrated performance. Can I ask that you one question? Ridiculous. Though, Max? Overrated ridiculous. performance. Ask he doesn't watch movies. He wants to overrate performances. Why so serious? Why so serious? Why so serious, Max? Meh. What? All I'm saying you, is, you, you, you almost you could you imagine yourself for the Have you ever seen Have you ever seen anyone play the Joker who wasn't praised for it? It's yeah. it's an easy yeah. Jared Leto. It just Jared happened. Jared Leto was not praised for the Joker. Which, Hello, is somebody which in there, Max? Which are Joker talking, did he play? Are you, are you having a conversation with her and I? Are you talking to yourself? Which yes, Joker did he play? Please let us know. Heath Ledger. Why so serious, Max? Jared Leto, you said. Yeah, he was just a Joker, and he was just a Joker. Hello. In which movie? See, you don't pay attention to movies. I didn't see the last one. You can't one. debate movies if you don't pay attention to movies. I didn't see mo- the last guy, Joker. Them. This is what happens with you. Because these no, new no, no, Batman no, 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 no. series are terrible. Let Harry and I yeah. finish. You start talking with all these tones. You start yeah. waving your hand. Yeah. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Yes. Debate first, take format. It doesn't work that way on the show. Hmm. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> That's what I was you told, to but little see, by little. You have to see all the movies to talk about who the best characters are, and you don't see the movies. I've seen a lot. I've not seen the last Batman because the, uh, the one with Bane, Bane was an incredible character. That movie was no good. It was so, not, it was so not ben, even a good so movie, let me ask a bad you a movie. Do yeah. you view Bane as being better than the Joker than Heath Ledger that, that he played? Yeah, Bane no. was what? a better character. Yeah, what? Easily. Oh, my Easily. Goodness, no, you're crazy. Easily. Oh, better crazy. performance. Bane is badass. More memorable. 
What? Because yeah. he had a training. In fact, I found Heath Ledger's uh, Joker to be generic. You? I don't. Look I, how everybody's looking at you in here. There, there are ten people in the studio. Everybody has their hands on their heads. This, well, it's a tragedy that he me, passed. Listen, me, yes. it's a tragedy that he Nobody's passed, but that's not going to make me say this that his performance. Feels to me like this is an Andre Iguodala take from you again. I was right that's back then when like, I said it. No, you were not. Sure, I was back then. then he was more clutch, clutch than like, he was back then. You also said Kawhi Leonard's more clutch than Kobe Bryant. He was back then. He was come out of your mouth. When I said it was true, let me tell you what wasn't true. Let me tell you what wasn't true. Let me tell you what wasn't true. Tom Brady never fell off the cliff. See, I was uh, wrong about that. Uh, I have no problem admitting when the evidence is in. Bowls. I have no problem admitting it. We have a call. Do we have a caller in line three? Austin in Ohio. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's, up, Austin? What's going on, Austin? I, I just wanted to say your Joker take was worse than your Tom Brady take. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> just had to say that. Tell him. Jerry in North Carolina. Go ahead, Jerry. What do you got, Jerry? Tell him about Rocky Four. Yo, Max, 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 man, what the heck are you talking about, man? Not only did Rocky's old nemesis slash trainer now die, he's got the, uh, the, the Russians against him. He's going against the freak on steroids versus pure heart. And he's got his wife turned against him. I like Come Rocky on, IV. Man. You act like well, I don't like every, Rocky IV. Every, just wasn't as good as Rocky III. You, you can't be saying three is better. You can't yeah, well, be saying three was three's better. better. He's got more stacked against him in four, man. Come on. Come three, on. Three was better. But you know what's Please. interesting about three and four? Rocky III was based upon... Sonny Liston and Roberto Duran. It was Ali Liston and Leonard Duran, right? That's what it was based on. So it felt real because it was based on history. What was interesting about Rocky IV is it kind of anticipated what was coming. Like Sylvester Stallone sort of anticipated history that hadn't happened yet. It was interesting. Single-handedly ended the Cold War. Yeah. He anticipated basically the why end did, of the Cold War and the uh, Eastern Europeans taking over the heavyweight division and did, steroids. Why did Ivan Drago and his wife look the same? Yeah, they right? were like brother and sister. Are you guys like. right? Related? I don't. Well, we hope. How about not. how about in, in in one of those ones that I was in? Uh, I think it was Creed one or That's two. Cre- I think it was Creed yeah, two. Yeah, Creed two. They brought Drago back with his kid. That was a good one. That was but really good. Drago one. wasn't as tall anymore. Like, don't you kind of got to keep the height the same? How tall was he in real life? Dolph Lundgren, not that tall. Yeah, he, well, what's not that tall? Because I mean, Rocky was Rocky's kind of small. Yeah, Seven like, Stallone's like what? Five, I, I don't know. Eight, I, I would nine? like he's not like six six or anything. He's like that short. Yeah, the camera angles Stallone? on that. Six five. He's listed at who? Dolph Lundgren. Six yeah. five. Maybe he is. Didn't six, he five? actually try to box at one point? In nice guy. Life? We were How in tall uh, Sylvester Stallone. Not tall. Five nine. Yeah, something like that. God, the camera angles are incredible. I would have never yeah. thought that. Had me feeling this guy was like six two. Stallone five ten. Five ten. Oh, that's bumped up a notch or two. He's really five eight. Yeah. <laughs> It's NBA height. That's what we do. <laughs> That's actor height. Jay, Jay knows all about that. Oh, yeah. Inflation. <laughs> Could I go away with six feet in the NBA? Yeah, 1,000%. Damn. <laughs> Damn, it's all I ever wanted to be. Keyshawn J. Willemax, Harry Douglas, in for Key. Uh, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! 
Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.